Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. And welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello. Ooh. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jess. <laughs> Hello, Matt. So Hello, Dave. So good to be with you. It's always a pleasure. I've got to tell you, for the last couple of weeks, we've been taking the pod on the road. Yeah. We are in Jess's brand new apartment. Yeah, it's brand, brand new. new. Yeah. Just built. The paint's still dry. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's Don't so, touch anything. So futuristic in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. it was when it was built, what, 60 odd years ago. Oh. 40? 50? 50. Damn it. There's a lady that lives downstairs who's lived here since it was brand new. No. Yep. And she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so she's bitter everywhere. Can't get her out of the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. How old do you reckon she is now? She'd be oh, late 70s, early 80s maybe. I'm being a bit generous. She might be mid-80s. Lovely lady. Her name is Pam. 
Good on you, Pam. She was oh, now everyone knows where you live. Everyone knows where bottom ground Pam yeah, lives. That's yeah. bottom ground. We all call her bottom ground. <laughs> bottom hey, ground. BG. She sits on the BGP. ground. BGP. <laughs> well, you know, it's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting us into your home for the I pod. mean, I didn't. You just arrived. As vampires, it's the only way Dave and I are allowed in. <laughs> in when you're invited? Mm-hmm. That How is, do you invite vampires in? Buffy law. But how do you invite them? They say, can I come in? And yeah, you say, yeah, all right. All right, Spike, on your, in your pop. <laughs> hey, Dave, we're doing a web series. We absolutely are. And it debuts this Friday. Yes. May 22nd. And we're all going to be, uh, the three of us, I believe, are going to be on there as it debuts. Mm-hmm. Premieres at 9am Melbourne time, Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, which is, I looked at it before, I forget what it was, but in... America, it's a different time, and then uh, in England, a different time again. Yeah. Canada, yet another different time. If wow. New Zealand, different time again. So I think it's actually it's uh, four p.m. LA Thursday, uh, midnight Thursday in London, and seven <laughs> p.m. New York City Thursday. And but then, you know, I mean, the list goes on. Gary's yeah. somewhere in between. <laughs> if you live anywhere other than that, you can figure it out. There's so many time zone well, calculators. I really thought that people could do that. But when we did live mm. streams not too long ago, it, it turned out that it's more difficult than um, I realised. I was ridiculed when I said, all you can do, you just go to a time and date uh, calculator. And you were like, don't be so patronising. I think <laughs> I really should have been, it turns yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, it is hard. I think we should have walked them through it even more. Yeah. Uh, there is a trailer that's already out, a mm-hmm. promo that we've put out, and um, so you can watch that right away if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out. But yeah, Friday, the first episode comes out. We're putting out nine episodes on the stupid old YouTube channel. So if yes. you want to subscribe to that, you won't miss an app. And yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yep. We're very excited. So it's like a visual version of this show. We've got John, our animator, to put in some animations. And we got some rich mahogany and <laughs> leather-bound books and yeah. command style. So it's all very nice. Anyway, how does this show the audio version work? Old school. Dave? Well, there's less animations, but there is reports. Okay. Yes. We take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested by a listener. It is Jess's turn this week to tell Matt and I about something. We've got no idea what it's even going to be. And yep. to get us onto that topic, she asks... A pesky little question. I did write a question too. And I was sort of thinking like if you hadn't heard of it, this question might, you know, not be super easy to guess. But if you have, you'll be like, duh. Yeah, well, a couple of big brains over here. I think we've probably heard of a Jess. Come on. Between the two of us. Yeah. All right, here we go then. Picasso's The Weeping Woman (laughs) was stolen from which art gallery? That is the NGV. NGV. Is it really? The National yeah. Gallery of Victoria. It, I've performed there. Do you know that? I did not know that. What do you mean you performed at, at an NGV? David Wrigley exhibition about four or five years ago. You performed at an exhibition? Yeah. It was like they had this thing where they had um, like a spoken word thing each, I think, Saturday during the exhibition. It was a month-long ah. exhibition. And, I, and yeah, it was about uh, the burdens you carried. What, and, yeah. and you so talked, talked about Dave. Half an hour. <laughs> you talk about me. I think I listed regrets for half an hour. Great. Yeah. You had to talk for half an hour. I think so. Jesus. Was it in was an it art fun? gallery? It was kind of fun. I was shitting myself leading up to it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't belong in a gallery. 
No. Uh, let me just tell you, someone shitting themselves publicly, art. that's art. That, that is art. art. That is yeah. art. High art. Yeah. People would pay for that. Yeah, that's what I should have went into it. <laughs> yeah. Had, did you know that, that you didn't know that this had happened? No. I'd... See, that's what I mean. Like, if you, do, you don't know, if, we probably wouldn't think of NGV because it's like, to us, it's, you know. It's a cool art gallery. It's beautiful. But it's yeah, you, it's you, only you... T- 15 minutes from where we're sitting right now. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's the kind of thing I've probably heard that before, but for some reason it hasn't stuck in my head. Can I say, I don't know any of the t- details. Wonderful. Great. Jeez, this is becoming one of our, one of our big topics, um, art gallery thefts. We love a heist. Heists. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. all sorts of heists. Maple syrup heists, art heists. What other art? I mean, we've done Mona Lisa. We did, um, uh, in, when we were in Ireland, I talked about... Oh. One of the famous Irish paintings being stolen from, I believe, the Tate in London. I don't remember that. So, is three, is three enough? And then in London, you told us about a stone being stolen. Yeah, the stone of oh, stone. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. That's not quite art, but that's still... It's a stone, though. It's like, it's, it's like a stone sculpture. Stone throw away. It's just pre-sculpture sculpture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It's unsculpted yeah. sculpture. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's. I'm so fascinated to hear this story. Well... The National Gallery of, Gallery of Victoria, she's off to a good start, NGV, uh, purchased Pablo Picasso's famous 1937 painting, The Weeping Woman, in 1985 for $1.6 million. At the time, that was the highest price paid by an Australian art gallery for, for an artwork, $1.6 um, The painting is uh, its one of a series of works done by Picasso, and it was modelled by his mistress, Dora Maher, amazing name. Um, the definitive piece of Picasso's series is at the Tate Modern in London um, and it uses bright reds, blues and yellows but this piece purchased by the NGV has been described as an unsettling combination of acid greens and vibrant mauves exaggerated by thick black outlines Ooh. do you know the, what, does, it, does that ring a bell at all it the weeping hot. woman I love mauve. That was my nana's favorite And what about color. acid greens, though? <laughs> oh, I love acid greens. This painting sounds like me and my nana. Together. Mushed together. <laughs> on weeping. Canvas. It's what she would have wanted. <laughs> mushed forever. The weeping woman. Let me look it up. But no, I, I don't know if I know it. I used to. Oh, yeah. No, I do know it. Because I did, um, like, I st- did art all through high school and stuff and considered myself a bit of an arty at the time. And I used to go to the NGV all the time and I'd make sure to stop by and like say good day to the Picasso, never knowing its rich history Ooh. in the NGV. Before the NGV bought its Weeping Woman, the highest price paid by a major gallery in Australia for a painting was for Jackson Pollock's Blue Poles, which was purchased by the National Gallery of Australia in 1973 for $1.3 million. So that's like 13 years before. Oh, sorry, even longer. It was purchased in 85. And that was very controversial. Was it? At the time. Oh, yeah. Big uproar. They were like... For public, the amount of money? Yeah. The government is paying over a million dollars for a foreign artist's work. What are you talking about? And yeah. these days, it's one of our most famous pieces in, in a gallery. Exactly right. And it's worth like $200 million. Yeah. yeah right. And it's everyone's like, like, yeah, so we invested well. So, and we always thought that. So Yeah. But at the time, yeah, there were people being like, this is... Crazy! The government's gone mad. They're spending yeah. our money on what a waste of money. Now people are like, yeah, what an investment. You yeah. made a good choice. It was a little bit the same with the Picasso. I mean, there was definitely a lot of that, but there was also a lot of excitement and fanfare when the purchase was made. And the director of the NGV, a guy called Patrick McCoy, said, "This face is going to haunt Melbourne for the next one hundred years." <laughs> Beautiful. 
Patrick, love it. Well, Patrick, this should alleviate any uh, protests. Also, his surname is is spelt M C C A U G H E Y. Yep. McCoy. That's how I would have spelled it. <sighs> Some estimates put the painting's current worth at more than $100 million. So, yes, very good investment. But the gallery does not comment on the value of the works in its collection, is what an NGV spokeswoman said. Oh, we don't like to talk money. A lady does not tell. Oh. A weeping woman does not tell. <laughs> <laughs> on the morning of Monday, August the 4th, 1986, less than a year since the weeping woman had been purchased, NGV staff members discovered that the famous Picasso was missing. A card was left in its place saying the work had been removed for maintenance and was signed off ACT. It was assumed that it had just been transferred to the National Gallery of Australia in Canberra, also known as the ACT, the Australian Capital Territory. I'm a little bit disappointed that the card didn't say you've been robbed by the cat burglar. Yeah, yeah that, that is a bit disappointing. Badass. But it's also kind of nice to know they just went, huh. Oh, <laughs> that that painting amazing. we only just got, it's probably just been moved. Should we check with anyone? No, well, nah. I mean, you read the card, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, don't be an idiot. The card's there for a reason. Yeah. Save this conversation. Signed ACT, so... So, I don't know what more... Do you think someone forged you know, the initials ACT? I mean, how many people know that? Yeah. That's pretty top secret. Cards are always left signed from a state. Mm, yes. Okay. Or territory. Or territory. And in this case, it's a territory. You think it's the most expensive painting in the country. It's worth a phone call. <laughs> yeah, maybe just ask oh, the question. I might just double check. Maybe go to the tape. Let's see <laughs> if the, how official these guys look. Yeah. It was um, oh, late. There's, yeah, there's the Prime Minister lifting <laughs> it off the wall. Uh, uh, good, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> it was later discovered that the painting had been removed on Saturday, the 2nd of August, and hadn't been noticed for a few days. What? In fact... It wasn't until a journalist from The Age called the gallery to say they'd received a letter claiming the Picasso had been stolen. And then they went and checked. This is, you know, the the stereotype of the laid-back Australian, which is kind of a myth, but this makes it feel like maybe it is true. Parts of, yeah, we can be pretty laid-back, but, you know. (laughs) Mr McCoy wrote in his book, which is called The Bright Shapes and the True Names. I mean... It's not bad for a first draft, but... Um. Catchy. He said, I excused myself from the committee meeting and began a search of the gallery, desperately hoping that it was a prank and that the painting had been hidden in the building. <laughs> He's kicking down toilet doors. <laughs> Come on, give me the painting back. <laughs> Authorities were at a loss. Could it be an inside job? After all, the thieves clearly knew their art history. Some suspected the heist was an ironic homage to the uh, 1911 theft of the Mona Lisa from the Louvre, in oh. which Picasso himself was a suspect. Yes, ah. let's remember from episode one of this podcast. Yes, obviously, I remember it very clearly. I yes. remember every detail. Vincent Perugia, I think, was the, the thieves. Fantastic. Yes, man. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny P. How do you remember that four years later, Dave? I don't know. Um, and then, look, you might be thinking, well, surely galleries have insurance in place for these kind of things. I was thinking that exact thought. Yes, insurance is absolutely an option. But not one that NGV had taken. (laughs) (laughs) Then Arts Minister Race Matthews conceded that the price of insurance was prohibitive for major works of art. So the cost of insuring a piece is so high that it makes it impossible then to actually buy the piece. So they just buy the art and don't insure it. Right. Well, that was the same with the Mona Lisa when it went on the world tour we talked about in that episode because it was 
so expensive to insure it that they just spent that money on security. Yeah, and which is what like the that. NGV did as well. Yeah, so, yeah. But the prohibitive cost of buying a lock for the front door <laughs> prevented them from doing that. So they so, just hoped that no one would break in. And look, it worked for ages. We yeah. thought about getting a security camera, but... Um, That's not to say they didn't take measures to protect their artwork, obviously. McCoy stated that a specialised type of screwdriver, not available to the public, would have been required to take the painting off the wall. Ah, Philip said. (laughs) (laughs) Not available to the public. We're we're a very flat country. Find me a layman who's got a a Philip said. What's the other one called? Flat. Flathead. Right. Yeah. And there's a third option, the left-handed screwdriver, <laughs> which you're very familiar with. <laughs> Maybe they had an Allen key. Yeah, you've got to get it. You've got to get, it's not available to the public. This is, this is 86. This Let's is remember, archaea. there was no Allen keys. Um, so perhaps this is one of the reasons they thought it could have been an inside job, or at the very least, uh, people who were highly knowledgeable about art. Tom Dixon, who was the chief... Uh, conservator at NGV at the time, he wrote an article a few years ago and uh, it's great and very thorough, so I'll mention him a fair bit. Um, So he writes this, he says, As Patrick met with senior government officials, police and press, I led about 30 police recruits in a top-to-bottom search of the building. Luckily, it was a Monday when the gallery was closed for housekeeping, so we didn't have to clear out the public. I made a mock-up of the picture and a handout showing the components of the painting so the recruits would see precisely what they were looking for. Almost immediately, the picture's frame was found. Frames provide considerable protection for delicate canvas and its removal increased the risk of accidental damage to the painting. It also made it easier to conceal or remove from our building. Finding the frame crushed any hope of an innocent explanation for its disappearance. So he was kind of like shattered to find it actually. It soon emerged that the ACT referred not to the Australian Capital Territory. Rather, it was revealed as an acronym for the Australian Cultural Terrorists. It's not an acronym, is it? It's an initialism. That's right. Unless they call themselves ACT. I don't think they do. So I got one right there. Well, no, I mean, I anyway. I learnt that fact on an early do-go on, I'm pretty sure. I forget when it was, but I'm pretty sure... Dave brought that, was it you? Yes, no, it was definitely Dave. I did not know that before then. And I use, I reckon once a month I would uh, smugly pull that out. I reckon you've done I that think, recently. I uh, think actually find uh, that's an initialism. I think you've done that recently and that's the only reason I've remembered it now. I think it was perhaps last week when discussing the NBA. Yes, <laughs> it absolutely was. Yeah, because we call it NUBA. NUBA. That's <laughs> why it's actually known as an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at Dave, that's how it's like anagrams and all those other yeah, A words. So it's not Australian Capital Territory, it's Australian Cultural Terrorists. <laughs> and it was this was discovered after the group sent letters to the gallery and also to the age. It's a bit embarrassing that obviously you're not well known enough that people get it. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, Australian ACT. Capital Territory, you probably should have spelled it out. Like, think that through. But it also sounds like that bought them some time. But so much time they're like, hey, everyone, anyone notice we did a terrorism? Hey. They're hey. checking the newspapers the next day and nothing's <laughs> happening. They're like, oh, okay, maybe tomorrow. And the next day they're like, huh. That's Should we send them a letter? amazing <laughs> that they didn't know the most expensive painting ever bought in Australia and the Gone. gallery didn't notice. That is unbelievable. Yeah. By today's standards, it absolutely is, yes. Oh, so this is the letter. being alive in the 80s. Imagine. What a time that must have been. <laughs> 
This is the letter sent to the age on the 5th of August, 1986, and it reads, attention, rank Matthews. There's a lot of insults in there too. They're being a bit... His oh. name's Race Matthews. They're like, we're calling Race. you Rank. I was wondering about it before. That is that that we're, we're saying that's a name now. It's it's <laughs> in his name. His name's like Charles Race something. Race Matthews. Yeah. So he goes I don't by see Race. Race. <laughs> I see Rank. I'm right here. <laughs> so they've called him Rank. They said we've stolen the Picasso from the National Gallery as a protest against the niggardly funding of the fine arts in this hick state and against the clumsy unimaginative stupidity of the administration and distribution of that funding. Two conditions must be publicly agreed upon if the painting is to be returned. Number one, the Minister must announce a commitment to increasing the funding of the arts by 10% in real terms over the next three years and must agree to appoint an independent committee to inquire into the mechanics of the funding of the arts. Number two, the minister must announce a new annual prize for painting open to artists <laughs> under 30 years of age. This is the weirdest terrorism I've ever heard of. <laughs> Five prizes of $5,000 are to be awarded. A fund is to be established to ensure the real value of the prizes is maintained each year. The prize is to be called the Picasso Ransom. <laughs> That's a good name. And it goes on to say, because the Minister of the Arts is also the Minister of Plod, he was a police minister as well, we're allowing him a sporting seven days in which to try and have us arrested while he de- um, deliberates. <laughs> this is fun. There will be no negotiation. At the end of seven days, if our demands have not been met, our campaign continues. What? I Your mean, very humble servants, Australian cultural terrorists. They do sound like they're definitely Melbourne uni students. I yes, reckon. they're hoity-toity. Yeah. And we, we've got to say, that obviously, they're big fans of art. So, and they want more money invested in art, so much so that they've taken the most expensive piece of art yep. and taken it away. Yep. Yeah. So they To draw happy... attention to art, Dave. Duh. It's like, oh, but they're not happy with how much is being spent on art. They want more money spent on art. Mm. Don't spend so much money on art. Spend more money on art. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That N-word they wrote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely got my attention. Um, it's a word that means ungenerous with money or time. Right. So they're not spending enough money on the arts. Um, so some people questioned if the vigilante group was but a red herring, a cover-up for a more serious criminal operation designed to smuggle the painting out of the state. So they're sort of saying, oh, look at us over here. And then actually other people are uh, sneaking out A little of the bit state. of Die Hard 3 going on. Yes. If you know what I mean. Yeah, you always, you know, you got a sleight of hand. Mm, thank you. I couldn't think of sleight of hand. Ah, but it's behind your ear all along. <gasps> How do you do that? How do you keep a Picasso behind my ear? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a fair bit at stake here as well. So the NGV had faced a f- had had faced a few raised eyebrows when they'd purchased the Picasso. This is from Tom Dixon again. He says. The painting was controversial because it was so expensive, small, and, to put it mildly, took some getting used to. (laughs) It was not a pretty picture. There was plenty of criticism. Weeping Woman is now valued by Sothersby in in excess of $100 million, so it was difficult to argue that it wasn't a good purchase. And it was mostly privately funded. For a gallery to stage big international exhibitions, it has to have the trust of private and institutional lenders, and the NGV's reputation was already tarnished by a borrowed ancient Chinese jade sword and a Picasso picture that had been damaged a few years earlier. So they've already had a Picasso and damaged it. Great. Um, With the 
giant so Chinese jade sword. sword I, believe. I like how one of the things they didn't like about it was that it was small. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows, and I do agree with this. The bigger the art, the Absolutely. better. Absolutely, could not agree more. Yes, small art, get colourful. They've ticked that box. Mm-hmm. I just want big, colourful stuff. Mm-hmm. Big. I love those ones you get on an art gallery and there's one on a whole wall. Yeah. And it's lots of colours. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> well, now that's art. <laughs> I love this. Oh, I love art. I love art. Oh, my God. I love art. <laughs> you love big art. Yeah. Andy and Al from Till Think Tank wrote a sketch about that where it's like uh, he, Andy was an art evaluator mm. and he's like, you know, uh, the value of art. Is all about how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him going around a Sydney art gallery showing uh, with a tape measure going, well, you can see this one is quite valuable. <laughs> it is metres wide <laughs> and high. So That's quite valuable. He wrote it funnier, though. I can't remember any of the lines. I can only imagine Andy would have funny written that idea. funnier, yes. But it, it's funny to me, especially because I'm like, I 100% agree. <laughs> the bigger it is, the better. the better. And this is a small piece of art. Yeah. That's why so, I think the Mona Lisa can suck a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the language there, but yeah. I, I mean, in a lot of ways, art, good art does make you think and make you feel. does make you feel like you want to suck a fuck. And uh, the Mona Lisa does make me feel. Feel like spewing up. <laughs> nah, good on it. <laughs> So he's saying um, it's already had a couple of incidences that are maybe making it its reputation uh, lower a little. And he says this third incident could destroy not only the borrowing ability of the NGV, but by association, that of other Australian institutions. So another controversy could damage the reputation of the Australian art world in general. Right, because a big part of those galleries around the world is that they share stuff with each other. Yeah. So they're worried. It's on loan from somewhere or, yeah. Like a gallery in Berlin is not going to let them have stuff anymore because it's like, you had the most expensive thing you've ever bought and no one noticed (laughs) that it was no longer there. Yeah. Someone got it quite easily and you didn't figure it out for a while. A terrorist organisation left a calling card for three days and not a single phone call was made. No one had any clue. So it's really important with how they handle this, right? But the letter was met with a swift rebuke from Mr. Matthews, who remarked that he would not be budgeting by blackmail. Seems like those involved kind of called bullshit on the terrorist claims. Race Matthews was reported saying, I can't imagine that anybody who is genuinely at heart the interests either of art or of art lovers could have perpetrated an action of this sort. Just speak plainly. Who talks like that? Like, yeah, well, I guess they're talking in, in response to a letter that was written by a wanker as well. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Someone's like, <laughs> it is surprising to find that the, this guy, the head of a, the National Gallery of Victoria, is a bit of a wanker. He's the arts minister. Oh. Bit of a wanker. Say no more. <laughs> so and he's, police. And police. And the plod. Both, for some reason. So he's saying that these people don't actually give a shit about art or they wouldn't have done this. That is a weird combination. Of two, art and two police. portfolios, art and police. Yeah. Not really hand in hand. No. Stuff. But, I mean, policing is an art form. Oh, that's true. Well, this, this when it's done right, let me tell you. State government in Victoria? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it would be, yeah. yeah um, it feels like... Yeah, state, yeah. Yeah, they're two very big ones. So, they, they've gotten rid of art now, I think. I think they, they don't even really... It's the arts... Whoever's got the arts is like, uh, it's a junior ministry and they also look after like toilets and yeah. um, sweeping up 
leaves yeah. in parks. <laughs> Get those leaves out of this park. <laughs> the big and thrill. while after you're done with that, then you can look at funding some sort of arts. I don't know, a musical. If or there's something. anything left, is there some way you could turn these leaves into an art? <laughs> yeah. Two birds, one, Figure it out. one rock. That Let's get a cheap. committee. Let's do this. Bit of glue. We can fund some glue. <laughs> can we? All right. You can bring some glue from home. Oh. Any artist that brings glue from home can have four leaves. Oh, that's not bad. You can go for it. So the Victorian government refused to pay any of the demands and instead offered a $50,000 reward for information leading to the capture of the perpetrators of the theft. But they, I mean, okay. We so will you not pay for terrorism, yeah. but we will pay to fight terrorism. And there was reason for that, which I'll get to later. But authorities launched an investigation, but no one, including the art world, appeared any closer to unearthing the identity of the self-styled Australian cultural terrorists. This is again from Tom Dixon. The painting looks relatively small on the wall, but at 55 <laughs> centimetres and 46 by 46 centimetres, it's too large to conceal on a person. How was it removed from the gallery? Might it still be inside? We continued searching the building with police recruits for two more days, looking not only for the painting but any associated components. We looked for the masonite backing board, the wood bars the canvas had been stretched on, and even the carpet tacks used to attach the canvas. Finding these would indicate the canvas had been rolled up, making it much easier to conceal. Later that week, we even drained the gallery's moat. We found nothing. The gallery's moat? has a moat. Yeah, is that just that that water out the front? Maybe. The fountains. Yeah. At the front. Yeah. A moat. A moat. I feel like the director just oh. really enjoyed saying, drain the moat. <laughs> oh, of course. I was thinking of the water wall, but of course it would be the big fucking moats out the front of the NGV. Every couple of years someone gets arrested for uh, diving in there and stealing coins. Oh, really? Yeah. Every couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So they the let moat. the coins build up yeah. to a reasonable amount to Smart. steal. Earlier this year, yeah, a few months ago in summer, someone was arrested for... They are obviously doing it as a media stunt because they were in full scuba gear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on a, like a weekend with hundreds of people walking past, stealing coins that people have thrown into the fountain. That's lame. <laughs> uh, it's not what worth was, getting... What's the stunt? What, what's the yeah, what are, you, what's, what are you getting there? Uh, it's one of these uh, pranks. Have you ever heard of a show called... Jackass. Oh, yes. Bow, They, fe- they got the coins pranks. and then they put them in their butt. Yeah. And then one of the other ones ate them out of his butt. <laughs> and then they set him on fire. Because yeah. it's funny. I'm laughing. I love pranks. Now that's art. Yes. To me. This Picasso, not Picasso, that nice to look at. Passe Picasso, more like it. Uh, I'd say real art, modern Picasso. art. Picasso. Picasso, even. <laughs> Even better. I don't know if that is any better. (laughs) Picasso, Picardo. Some say Picardo, some say Picasso. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. 
Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. After another four days of silence, a second letter arrived. It said, good luck with your huffing and puffing, Minister, you pompous fathead. <laughs> <laughs> They've got his attention now. <laughs> this, is the, this is a week after the heist. Called him a pompous fathead. Said, if our demands are not met, you will begin the long process of carrying about carrying about you the smell of kerosene and burning canvas. Mm. We're going to torch it. We love art. We're going to burn this We're going to burn this, this amazing art. A third letter containing a burnt match arrived at the minister's office two days later and, sa- and a note that said, thank you for your support. Phase two begins shortly. Us figuring out how to keep a lit match lit. <laughs> Any tips? <laughs> There's our f- strike one. All right. We couldn't set the canvas a lot. <laughs> we thought the oil would be more flammable. <laughs> We're going to try again in three days. <laughs> this is another uh, another breakdown from Tom Dixon. It says, Art Gallery security in 1986 was primitive by today's standards. I'd been on staff at two major art galleries in the US and can attest that the NGV's facilities and procedures were pretty much on par with the art world of the time. This meant that at 5pm, attendants locked up the gallery, did a walkthrough and then left, leaving a skeleton staff overnight. Staff of skeletons, yes. Whoa! Just like like um like uh, scarecrows. It was just so that if people walked in, they're like, "Oh, there's someone there," you know. Not like not living skeletons, which I guess we sort of are. Oh wow! In a way, aren't we all skeletons? Mm. Not me. Apart from Floppy Joe's. (laughs) What are you, Dave? I'm uh, I'm like one of those uh, starfish. Okay. Crusty. Yeah, I'm a crustacean. I'm a crusty. <laughs> I'm a crusty crustacean. So he goes on saying, Lacking CCTV and motion detectors, the four-storey building was secured by two attendants' hourly patrols with hand torches. A thief could simply conceal themselves until after closing and wait for a patrol to pass. They then had an hour or so until another patrol. Come morning, they could mingle with other visitors and leave unnoticed. It wouldn't take genius, just bravado. <laughs> Mingling with people while you've got a Picasso under your right yeah. arm. Yeah. Oh, isn't this nice art? Good day. Uh, have you picked up anything from the gift shop? I just got, <laughs> yeah, I got this little... This print, it's here. just a copy. It's just a, a copy. It cost me nineteen ninety-five. I've got a receipt here. <laughs> it's handwritten. Um, Signed Picasso. He says, the previous year, our new head of security made recommendations to embrace emerging technologies such as infrared motion detectors, swipe card locks, and CCTV cameras. The attendants, unionised and with a history of striking, made it very clear they would not tolerate CCTV, saying it would be used to spy on them. So they didn't want it. 
how am I meant to patrol the gallery, have a wank if I feel like it, (laughs) if there's a camera on me? I work the night shift for a reason. I like to do weird shit here. (laughs) What normal person would patrol this gallery? I ask you that. Go on, find someone who's not going to wank. Yeah, we're all wanking weirdos. But we get the job done, yeah, except we the... that we did not notice a painting had been stolen, but that's not entirely on us. <laughs> well, between 12 and 12.03, I might have been wanking. <laughs> if that was the time, I apologise, but I am a human. I have needs. <laughs> and they happen once an hour. <laughs> <laughs> on the day that the age had called the gallery and Patrick McCoy had been in meetings all morning, Dixon writes, At noon, Patrick met with staff and explained that we would be under increased scrutiny. Attendants and guards would no longer be allowed to just sit on stools, but would be expected to move around the galleries and couldn't congregate to chat. They immediately called a three-day strike. (laughs) They're trying to take our stools! (laughs) I love to stop and chat. Okay, one incredibly expensive painting gets stolen, and now my rights are taken (laughs) away from me. Oh, I can't wank in. I can't wank in the middle of the day anymore. Oh, thanks for you were doing that. You're taking away my wanking stool. That's my, that's my waking stool. Waking standing up is very difficult. <laughs> I've tried it. I don't care for it. Thank you. <laughs> I can do it, but I don't like it. <laughs> that is just like the bloody, the toffs, the big end of town, using our obvious incompetence against us. Oh, yeah, now it's a great opportunity. Now that we didn't do our one job, that they're going to have to get help in, sure. Very opportunistic, boss. So so a terrorist organisation has stolen a painting and is sending ransom letters to us and the media, and now you say you're going to be asking me some questions (laughs) about the place that I work that is under investigation? (laughs) I just want to come in and sit on a stool. (laughs) I just want to come in and come on a stool. Yeah. Why, I mean... So then they've gone on strike for three days. Yeah, that is pretty funny. You'd think you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, we'd probably... What? Get CCTV, just point them at the paintings and let us keep our stools. That's yeah. my deal. They like, have chairs now. Yeah, oh, so they, they wanted the height. The stools, it was the height that was the worry. Oh, I don't They're know. They're like, we'll swap you for banana lounges. No. How I dare want to you? Sit tall. <laughs> I like to swing my legs and feel young again. <laughs> they offer them a hammock. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why you, they couldn't have just had the cameras and just pointed them. You know, keep the wanking corner off out of the cameras. Yeah, they'll view. be in a in a. Well, what's the word I'm looking for here? In like a dead zone. Boudoir. In a boudoir. Yeah, a little nook, little cranny. Have oh. a little wank cranny. No, a little wank cranny. <laughs> So, with the thieves' seven-day deadline having well and truly passed now, authorities' hopes of finding the weeping woman were fading. Police received a tip that the painting had been seen in a commercial art building in Abbotsford. They raided it only to find a very poor copy. The detective said it was either a joke or a publicity stunt. Artworks? <laughs> the this jackass is... boys again. <laughs> they did it again. <laughs> they, they did it, but they did it with poo. <laughs> yeah. This is hilarious. Now Steve-O's going to lick it. <laughs> it's on Steve-O's. One of them tattooed it on Steve-O's back, but instead of ink, it was poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's festering, guys. And instead of a weeping woman, it was him doing Steve-O from behind. <laughs> <laughs> the scatting woman. <laughs> now I'm the seeping man. The seeping man. There's pus pouring from my wounds. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> So um, I think this is from Dixon as well. He said, artworks are often described as priceless, meaning they're above monetary value. Weeping Woman was priceless in another sense as well. 
Being well-known and antique, it couldn't be sold on any legitimate market. However, valuable pictures were being used about this time as collateral for drug and arms deals, so professional theft couldn't be discounted. Likewise, no one should expect to ransom a painting to the government because publicly succumbing to blackmail would invite endless new demands. So if they go, okay, we'll give in to that blackmail, then everyone's going to blackmail them. I would. I would. I'd kidnap one of their kids. Just give me that chance. (laughs) (laughs) Set a precedent and I will follow it. This is possibly one of the best things that I read. It says, The Afternoon Herald newspaper reported a Sydney handwriting expert's examination of the ransom envelope, revealing the writer was possibly homosexual, but of unknown gender. (laughs) It was a loner, but not secretive, had low self-esteem and was moody and suffering. And they had uh, they were suffering depression and was very nervous and not elated by the theft. Whoa. But probably homosexual. Where do they get that from, do you think? From their handwriting, Dave. That is so funny. That was like a newspaper, 30 years ago. A newspaper like <laughs> published that. Yeah, like the, the Afternoon Herald is one of the big papers. They thought they had a good, That's one they of had a good scoop. Ones, isn't it? They had a good scoop there. Oh, yeah. So, probably a homosexual. A That's loner. That's amazing. Nervous. Don't know the gender. Not secretive, but a loner. How does that work? Anyway. That's so funny. Very good. Fuck, that's so funny. Thank you for that afternoon, Harold. The Sun newspaper reported an unnamed Melbourne gallery owner had received an offer to bid on the stolen painting and was told by an Adelaide dealer, or was told, sorry, that an Adelaide dealer had already bid $360,000. So he's got a tip like you can bid on it. The Adelaide advertiser announced an exhibition of 18 reinterpretations of weeping woman <laughs> poor timing guys uh-huh. i would i would reschedule that all done with poo <laughs> it was at the experimental art foundation rumors that the original might be slipped in um was followed up by a, an ngv painting conservator who happened to be in adelaide but to no avail the original was not there so it wasn't I, in adelaide why would they put it on display with 17 copies yeah why would you ha- why would you still hold that exhibition when a week ago, that exact painting was stolen. But was the exhibition done to capitalise on the... Oh, yeah, maybe. Because we... that's poor taste too. The Weeping Woman's been stolen. Oh, well, this is a big news thing. Maybe our gallery will put us on the map by doing our own interpretation. That feels poor taste. So it's almost three weeks since the artwork's disappearance and the police receive an anonymous tip-off. And the tipper said, go to Spencer Street Station. There you'll find the Weeping Woman hidden in Locker 227. Ooh. Quite so it's, specific. It was the 19th of August, Especially if they wanted the... Yeah, that means they don't get the 50 grand if it is true. Yeah, I guess so, because it's anonymous. anonymous. So police, NGV staff and the media rushed to Spencer Street Station. So they told the media. Yeah, that's yes. weird. Oh, the, the anonymous the tip, tip went... Went to the media as well. So Sounds the media's like there. Steve-O's work to me. <laughs> He's a classic. They get there and he's in like on a tricycle inside the locker. <laughs> classic, Steve In his memoir. He's I'm wearing s- a nappy. <laughs> oh, my baby. Oh, my baby oh, on my a baby tricycle. tricycle. <laughs> I'm eating a banana. I'm a monkey in a, in a nappy. Oh, Steve you've lost it, mate. You've gone really, too far really, again. This, this is what made me, you think I lost it? I've got <laughs> a shit tattoo. <laughs> a literal tattoo of shit. Um, from Mr. McCoy's memoir, he recalls, the police beckoned me to look inside and there was a brown paper package exactly the dimension of the painting. Oh. 
Police stated that the the painting was packed in such a way as to ensure that it wouldn't be damaged, suggesting this is quite possibly someone in the art world or on the fringes of the art world. Someone who knew what they were doing. Some sort of homosexual. (laughs) A loner. But not secretive. Can't believe that was published. From handwriting. Homosexual. But I don't know what gender, but definitely gay. I love hearing about old... Like, that's a major newspaper. It's fun to think back to... That was like half of the Herald Sun. Herald and the Sun merged. I think the Sun was the morning, Herald was the afternoon. Right. And then they merged to be just one morning. While to have a time where Melbourne had a morning and afternoon paper. Yeah. As well as the age as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is... You know, people talk about journalism's gone to shit now. But it's like, oh, I think it's always been... <laughs> a bit shit. It's all it's, Like, it's always been inconsistent mm. you, depending on what you're after you can get the worst stuff and i think that goes back you read every story we do from 1900s 1800s there's always similarly awful journalism yeah yeah and the media always tabloid stuff ruin a lot of stuff um uh so tom dixon he says i drove there faster than i should have and arrived to see the Door to luggage locker 227 open with patrick peering in as press photographers clicked away the package was wrapped in brown paper and police forensic officer Neil Holland, whom I, who, whom I knew, took it from the locker and handed it to me. I was hustled past the press to the back seat of a police car for a short drive to police headquarters, then in Spring Street. Patrick and I watched Holland unwrap the package and there it was. It looked all right. No burns, no slashes, none of the things we feared. We were elated but we had to positively determine it was our picture because we couldn't it could be a fake, the ultimate joke or diversion. The police drove me to the NGV. Critical comparisons with our technical records confirmed it was unquestionably our picture. I confirmed this with Patrick and the authorities and locked it in our rarely used walk-in bank safe and went home about 2am. So in a rather anticlimactic ending, the painting was returned to the NGV. But the question still remains, who had taken it? And there's a bunch of theories. So... It's still a mystery? I'll get to it. In 1984, so a couple of years earlier, NGV had no Picasso painting and it needed one. Like It felt like it needed one to represent the preeminent 20th century artist. That year it co-hosted a major Picasso exhibition with the Gallery of New South Wales that was uh, sourced primarily through Swiss art dealer Jan Kruger in conjunction with Picasso's daughter, Marina Picasso. Kruger and Marina Picasso were incredibly generous in their loans, um, but it was accepted, like that it was known that they were also sort of hoping for a sale. They wanted to sell one of the pieces of art. Um, one of those pieces of art was Woman Seated Near the Window, which was done in 1932. It was large and, and beautiful. That's you right now. Thank you so much. I am seated by a window and I am large and beautiful. <laughs> the NGV made an offer. But um, they wanted to sort of pay it off over 12 months and that wasn't agreed to, so the deal fell through. Um, Patrick then, he kind of like moved on from that picture and instead he made an offer on a smaller but much more important weeping woman from a New York dealer. Um, Payment was agreed to, sale was announced and uh, this is from Dixon. He says, we immediately learnt that Kruger was, to say the very least, extremely disappointed at losing a sale he thought he deserved after his generosity. One motive for the theft that had to be considered was revenge. Could Kruger be involved? My favourite motive, revenge. 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 So good. Mr McCoy has his own theories about the theft. In his memoir, he recalls receiving a phone call 
from a Melbourne art dealer just days before the painting was recovered, who said a young artist may have information about the theft. He visited the artist's studio near the Victoria, Victoria Market, where he discovered photos and newspaper clippings about the theft pinned to the walls. Mm. Seems a little bit sus. This is a quote from him. He says, I said deliberately at least twice that the people who had taken the work could deposit it in a luggage locker at Spencer Street Railway Station or at Tullamarine Airport. So for international listeners, Tullamarine's our main airport and Spencer Street Station, which is now Southern Cross Station, is is one of the the big train stations in the heart of Melbourne, which is the only one that has regional trains departing from it. So I suppose what he's trying to say to the artist is that whoever stole the painting could, in theory, drop it in a locker and make an escape. Right. So who? So he said that... To he said this to an artist. To sort of... Oh, not because he didn't know about that yet. He wasn't testing him. He was. He just said that offhand and then a yes. couple of days later it turns up that, in one of those things. Yes. That is sus. He, and he, go, he says exactly that. He goes, I always found it notable that within 48 hours of that visit... With the explicit advice about placing the work in a locker, the painting reappeared. When I gave that advice, he reached for a notepad and pen (laughs) and said, can you say that again slowly? Spencer Street. Mm. Never heard of it. How many S's in Spencer? Yeah, I'm really more of a Flinders Street Station (laughs) kind of guy. They were all so close to each other. Um, I'm guessing no CCTV at Spencer Street Station either back then. um, There were cameras and uh, there was two women that were... Either of them weeping. <gasps> I clicked voice. straight. I clicked to an article that I had open, and I my computer is already up to that exact oh, part. Yeah. It was meant to so be so good. So it says at least two women were sighted with the parcel near locker with a parcel oh. near locker two two seven, while the anonymous phone call was believed to have been placed by a man, but they didn't have any solid evidence. Um, so they weren't really sure about that. Did any of them look like loners, especially the two together? Yeah, did they look like loners? Homosexual loners. Yeah, did they look in love but alone? Mm. Um, Neil Holland, who's the Victoria Police forensic scientist that Tom Dixon mentioned earlier, examined the letters and the paintings, the painting after it was returned. His analysis of the letters, which was all done on a typewriter, the ribbon, the paper used, found that they'd been from the same source. So it's all the same typewriter, no copycats or anything. While he documented the painting and the the packaging it was found in, he knows DNA was recovered. He's not sure whether police would utilise advances in forensic te- technology to solve the case now. He says, I'm certain you'd have DNA, but with the use of that technology, you don't use it on every case. Probably these days, someone would have to make a decision that the case is important enough to warrant that step of looking to the DNA. Tom Dixon wrote, At my first private meeting with the subsequent director, he asked me directly, Who stole the Picasso? I replied that everyone knew, but no one agreed. Due to the high dollar value of the theft, there's no statute of limitations and Victoria Police consider the case still open. The painting was thankfully returned undamaged in just over two weeks intact, except for the original exhibition labels missing from the backing board. Perhaps they were kept as a souvenir. Theories still abound. One day I hope someone will come forward and all will be revealed. 30 years later, I still want to know. So, yeah, it's still a mystery. It is a mystery. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I wish the statute of limitations had run out so that they could just come forward and tell the story. Yeah, I did it, and this is how I did it. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Because, I mean, this is the kind of thing now it feels like you're not going to punish them. It's a great story now. It's yeah. long ago enough. And they returned it in perfect order. And, and there was something as well, like once it was recovered, there was like another letter that said... That's exactly what they'd always wanted. 
Right. Like, yeah, we planned for you to get it again. Yeah. We just wanted to, like, make a point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a publicity stunt, basically. Yeah. And they, I mean, people, their demands and, and that would have been published, I imagine, were they? Yes, because they sent them all to the age. So the it feels like, you know, that, that makes sense that if that's all they were going to do. Because it's the kind of thing where it's a, more of a burden than anything. It's not stealing cash. Yeah. You can't really do anything with it. Apart from hanging in your lounge room, you're like quietly behind a curtain. Yeah, <laughs> quietly, really trusted people go have a little peek behind yeah, the curtain. Well, would you have a look at what I got over yeah, here? Yeah. Let me tell you, it's pretty good. Look at a weeping woman behind that curtain. <laughs> oh my god, is she like, right? Oh, my god, what's going oh on? no, I mean it's art. Art, it's art. Yeah, it's well, art. Don't I don't care it. how you explain it away, but you should not keep a weeping woman kept in your lounge room behind a curtain. Mm. Yeah, nah, fair enough. You are right there, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go put her in a locker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess like, yeah, that was the suggestion originally was like put it in a in a luggage locker at the airport and fly away. Because the NGV the whole time we're going, we don't necessarily want, we just want the painting back. Yeah. We don't want prosecution. We just want the painting we're not back. mad. We're just disappointed. Exactly. So when he was going and speaking to this artist thinking he had something to do with it, that's why he was kind of like, you know, you could just yeah. drop it off and fuck off. That's, yeah, that's Just saying. Great. Get a train to Bendigo. Hey. Never look back. Never look back. Move to <laughs> Bendigo. So have we checked Bendigo is my question. Uh, let's check Bendigo. See if there's two women and a man there. My, auntie, my auntie Rose is there. Oh, my God. With so another that's woman That's one man. woman. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Beautiful city, Bendigo. Beautiful. Lovely place. Fantastic place. But, yeah, that is the mystery of the uh, Picasso heist. That's cool. I love it. I love a Melbourne mystery. Yeah, Yeah, a homegrown story. um, I liked hearing something that I kind of knew about. I'm going to ask my parents if they remember. Yeah, because they were alive then. They were. Because I think you're right. (laughs) Wait, what are you suggesting? (laughs) One on. of them a man and or a woman? Yes. <laughs> Both. Yeah, I was just going to say that I didn't know the story of it, but I do know that it had been stolen. And I think they sort of they use that story when you're going through the gallery. Yeah. So it has become like a bit of publicity. Any of those sort of, that just adds to the painting. I mean, like, honestly, any painting like that, it's just a, it's a kind of a piece of shit. But it was done by a famous guy. Yeah. Who's got this great history? He's famous. Everything about it—it's the story that makes a yeah, painting yeah, right. great. That's true, yeah. And this just adds to the history of it. So it actually has probably increased the value of the painting, yeah, um, by making it more interesting in that way. Yeah. But yeah, it was kind of—it was nice for a change to sort of be like, oh well, I—I I know all these things you're talking about. Oh, when you're like saying even like, little things when they're like, yeah, police headquarters on Spring Street. I'm like, I know Spring Street. Yeah, yeah that's cool. it was found. Uh, they were in Abbots, Abbotsford. I know what that is. Yeah, that's just up the road. That's why I love listening to Paul Kelly music, apart from his great music, but all his references. You know, yeah. like most pop music, you'll hear American cities reference all the time. You yeah. listen to Paul Kelly, a lot of his stuff is just like, uh, you know, some of his most famous songs. Yeah. Uh, Leaps and Bounds, is it? Yeah. The one that talks about the clock on the hill and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The MCG. And you're like, yeah, I know those places. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's from St Kilda to King's Cross. I, used to, I know St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, it feels nice. I was like, I know this. And I know the NGV very well, even though I couldn't remember what the moat was. I love the NGV. <laughs> I reckon it's such a beautiful building. It's gorgeous. I love that. I don't know. Is that brute? What is that? Brutalism? No, I have no idea about architecture. But I love the big 
grey flat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it Bricks. looks it looks like a fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the moat out the front and but it's just it's a beautiful building. Um and I did not know about this, but yeah, like I said, as a as a teenager who thought she was quite arty, I used to go to the NGV a lot. Um, and I'd always, because there'd be different, there's different exhibitions all the time. There's like a lot of staples and then there'd be something different all the time. So if there was photography stuff on, I'd go have a look and I'd make sure to pop in and say hi to the Picasso on the way, you know. And That's what were so you good. doing in 1985? I was n- but a twinkle in my father's eye. I hate that expression. Why did I use it? <laughs> It's, oh. it's weird. I don't get it. It. Makes it, it feels. It's like you're talking about jizz in your dad's eye. Exactly. There shouldn't be jizz in there. I was still living in Carnton, so I've got a pretty good alibi. <sighs> yeah, but where was your dad? I think he he, he was he would have been with us. Well, all the time. Yeah. Hmm. A likely story. Well, my mem- memory's not that good of 1985, to be honest, but because um, I was I was already very old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my memory was already starting to fade. <laughs> Uh, oh, that was great. I love that. I love that I never knew about it. And um, unlike you, though, I, I've only come to enjoy that sort of stuff very recently. I would have had no idea about it. When were you going in there as a teenager? Yeah. I wouldn't have known it existed. Yeah, great. Like probably like a normal teenager. But I was like, I love art. I'm oh, really into great. art. I should I should mention as well, this has been suggested by Kate Burton. And it was voted on by the Patreons um, and it won by a, it was a small margin. So I might keep that, uh, the one that came close, keep that in my back pocket for another time. Well, and when the gallery is back up and running and open again, mm. we should all go have a look. I'd love to. I've been there a bunch. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen that Picasso. Yeah, it's 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 usually up. It's funny. I was reading one article that I was um, reading about this. Um was, this is how it ends, it says, when an aged photographer went to the gallery on Thursday to shoot the painting, as arranged with the NGV, the weeping woman was missing from the wall when he arrived, as part of routine works, we're told, to be returned to her regular spot on Monday morning. Yet another twist in the endlessly intriguing history of Picasso's <laughs> painting. <laughs> but yeah, it's generally up. Um, Man, you wouldn't you just, your heart would stop every time. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no, it's okay. Never but be able they to make the again. phone call now, and that's right. important. Yeah, and check the footage. And the attendants walk around a fair bit. When, when, no when, the, when the security union lost that fight for <laughs> CCTV. Yeah. I get, I get that as well. Like, all that privacy stuff, it's such a tricky thing. You just don't know what the flow-on effects are going to be. Yeah. So, sort of understand, but it does feel like, I reckon, you know, on that most expensive painting ever, can't we just get a little camera on it? Yeah, just to just to be safe. Wank behind the camera. Yes. Are you sure? Is, like, is that fact they were all wanking on their ships? I'm, I can't or is confirm that an allegedly or deny. So oh, okay. So, yeah, basically. Probably, yeah. yeah probably. Wanking. Allegedly usually means yes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not kid ourselves. It's just a legal loophole. Yeah. To get out of saying, yeah, someone's a massive pervert. Well, because someone's alleged it, right? That, that's fact. It's fact that someone has alleged it. Yeah. I'm alleging it right now. Um, but yeah, that well, that brings us to everyone's favourite part of the oh, show. the fact, quote, or question section. Which has a little jingle that goes like this. <laughs> fact, quote, or question. Ding. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that was well-timed ding. Thank you. Uh, I love it when they don't forget the ding. Um, so I try to, uh, we do have 
uh, Jacob, who's a patron who audits our Simpsons references, mm-hmm. and he missed a couple of mine from last week. So I just want to <laughs> um, underline uh, when I said revenge. Yes, I was doing Bob Terwilliger. So okay, <laughs> it was a one-word reference, but uh, hopefully you caught that one. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff. Revenge. Mm. Like he's the only one who says it like that. Sideshow course. Bob. Uh, but anyway, this section, the f- uh, fact, quote, or question section, everyone's favourite section of the show. Uh, top three. I think it's top three favourites, along with the report and the other Patreon shout-outs. Yep. But, um, so in this one, if you support us at patreon.com slash pod on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Edition level, as well as getting to vote for two of the three topics. So at the moment, uh, you get to vote for Jess's and my topics. Uh, you also get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. And I read out two of them each week. I read them out for the first time on the show. So you could really screw the pooch if you wanted. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm using that phrase correctly. But anyhow, am I, Dave? Yeah, yeah that was great. Don't screw the pooch on this one. Mm, that's, yeah, that's, that's not quite right, is it? Don't pooch the screw. Okay, thank you. Um, anyway, Manny Garza is our first Oh, Manny Garza's back. We love you, Manny. questioner. And you also get to give yourself your own title. Uh, and Manny's given himself the title uh, Junior Vice President of Nick Mason's Golden Tuxedo Rentals. Oh, the fourth Beatle, Nick Mason. Oh, wow. wow. Congrats on that amazing job title. What an amazing ju- junior vice. Junior, no, no, no. Junior <laughs> Vice President. And Manny asks a question, and that is, as working creatives... <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much for saying so. <laughs> thank you for that. He might be referring to himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me get to the end of this. <laughs> as working creatives, me and my friends... <laughs> <laughs> we listen to your silly little podcast. <laughs> as working creatives, I wanted to ask at what time you felt the arts was the right thing to pursue. What were your fears and how did you get past them? Sorry, if a bit personal or serious. Uh... Well, thank you. Firstly, thank you for calling this uh, art. Thank you. And thanks for us working creatives. Wait, he did not. He never said the word art. Yeah, did, didn't he? Didn't he? I thought he did. At what time? Yeah, yeah, felt the arts. Yeah, thank you for calling this the arts. Well, it was that time I watched Jackass and I saw Steve-O doing it and I thought, well, if he can do it. Yeah, so can I. How about a sketch where it's like it's art wankers and it's called Jack Arts? Oh, that's Love is that it. anything? That's yes. great. It's like changing the sound slightly, which makes it comedy. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> my understanding. Yeah, that's as far as I understand. It's <laughs> a cute little noise you made. <laughs> you did a little... <laughs> well, I, I remember pretty well. I, I like very slowly. Dave and Jess had a lot more self-belief. That's why it took me uh, to be a very old man before I made the leap. But um, I, I dabbled for a while. Started doing... I think I was your age when I started doing stand-up, which is pretty old and mm. 29 and then um uh it was also i also had super old studios uh had started with evan and alan andy and beck before then in my mid-20s sometime i think and then um yeah i would just slowly was doing a bit more and more and then i was it just took up a bit more a bit more time and then it was talking it was i used to work at a uh for a heating and cooling company, installing or selling installations of uh, air conditioners, basically. How did you get into that? Uh, after a, a trip, I was in Europe for a few months and I got back and I had a, a little bit of debt from the trip. I borrowed money off a mate over there. 
who who was like, you're having a great time. You should extend. I'm like, I've got no money. He's like, I'll lend you some. I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, or did he enslave you as an air conditioning salesman? <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't. And then I got back and I was looking for a job and I sort of was just looking anywhere for, for work. And I had two... Um, I went for two jobs the same week. One was this air conditioning place where my cousin worked. You know Rhino? Yep, yep. And also uh, as a croupier at Crown Casino. Oh. So quite different jobs. Very different. I I got the job. I was in the car with Scott, my boss at the Mercury Air Conditioning Company. And he was driving around talking me through it. He basically just offered me the job in the car. And then I got the phone call from Crown also offering me the job. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I've just taken another job. So if the it just yeah. happened in the different order, I would have worked at a casino, which would have been a little different. Anyway, what was the question? Oh yeah, so I think my well, I was lucky that my boss there, Scott, was he was very encouraging, and yeah, I just had friends and um, very supportive people around me who were very encouraging. Al Alistair Trombley Birchall and friends who did it before me mm. as well. He quit engineering and went like a real job. A real, he studied to do that. And I'm like, fuck, I'd never have the ball. When I saw him do it, I'm like, I can't believe. He's quit a a proper job. Yeah. I can't. I'll never have the guts to do that. And then, yeah, within a couple couple more years, I'd done it myself. So, I don't know. You just have to, I reckon, and it was when I realized that time is not infinite. Like, you just got to go for it if you want to. And it sounds like, Manny, you do. So, I'd say just go for it. But, I mean, don't be reckless about it. Yeah, you don't have to quit your job to, you know, most people do it, do both. Yeah. I worked a full-time job plus doing the podcast plus radio stuff plus stand-up and eventually you're making enough money from the other stuff that you can get rid of the job. But you you just do both for a while and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you, or if you can find a way of going part-time or finding yeah. a more flexible job. I was lucky with that air conditioning job that, they let me go and do community TV and radio whenever I need to or go to do gigs at uh, night or go away on tours and stuff. So, yeah, yeah ideally you'll find a job that um, gives you a bit of that sort of flexibility. And sometimes well. you're given the opportunity to make that call. Like I had a full-time job and I, at the same time over summer, started doing uh, the overnight shifts at radio and I asked if I could go part-time and they said we don't really have we, – we actually can't facilitate part-time so i quit that job yeah and i still work in radio you know i took a bit of a gamble there sometimes you do that but you know what's right for you yeah Trust it was yourself. A, it was totally a gamble for me as well. i was taking yeah bits and pieces i uh dave helped me get some trivia hosting and mm. you just sort of make i was working like three or four or five jobs for a while yeah just making just yeah, bits and pieces which i'm having to do again now because of the pandemic i'm mm. doing some trivia and all that sort of stuff again get by but um yeah what a long-winded answer dave you've 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 always known right uh yeah but at the same time i'm the one who i still <laughs> have not quit my full-time job yeah but that's because your full-time job is still creative uh, yeah, yeah i suppose it is comedy it's still very much in the industry yeah industry based which is the yeah. dream dave <laughs> yeah no i'm very no i'm very very happy mm. to, to and i feel very fortunate and yeah and one i'll just say quickly because we've already talked about quite a bit of stuff but one thing just led to another yeah, for me, which That's which I'm happens. very happy to happy to happy to do. Like I was doing the trivia stuff, but I was doing my comedy stuff on the side. And through the comedy stuff, I met all the stupid old people. And then 
Beck was working at the project where I now work and she said, oh, you'd be great for this job. You should apply. And I didn't hear back for a long time. And I was just in there doing it part-time. Yeah. And then they offered it full-time. And then, you know, I'm doing a little bit more stuff now, there now. It's just, yeah, it's just incremental. That's and then you look... 100%, yeah. It very much You look is, back yeah. and go, oh, well, I reckon that if I didn't study drama at uni, I probably wouldn't have done the trivia job. And if I didn't right. do the trivia job, I probably wouldn't have done a quiz show exactly. at the comedy festival because I realised I love doing this. Then I wouldn't have met Stupid Old. Then I wouldn't have yep. got the job at the project. And I wouldn't have met you guys either. Just you do it and you meet people and you just try and say yes a lot. And you don't know where things will come from. I reckon I can trace it all back to um, Sin Media, which is a student youth network in Melbourne. I just stumbled across it on the community station. They used to have Sin TV in the mm. afternoons. And I watched that for a bit and I was like, oh, I should get involved. That seems cool. And I kept putting it off. Mm. But they, you can only do it till you're 25. So I was 24 or something like, oh, shit, if I, it's now it. or never. So I was lucky to have that pressure. I called up. And, yeah, that everything pretty much has led on from that. Yeah. All comedy things, stupid old studios. I met all them there. Uh, and then fire stupid old shooters of comedy and like I wouldn't have known any of that was possible if I didn't Yeah. Doing stand up living in Moorabbin, I just I don't think I would have ever known it was a thing that was possible. That you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah, just one thing led to another really. Hmm. Yeah, and don't rush it. Just sort of see what happens, see what opportunities come up. Be a nice person. Uh, you know, be be an easy person to work with and people will think of you next time. Yeah, that's a good point. I imagine Beck wouldn't have suggested Dave if Dave yeah, was an asshole. Exactly. You don't, I don't want to work with you. You're a prick. <laughs> Thanks, she never, that's why she never suggested me because asshole. a bit of a prick. Yep. Uh, anyway, Manny, sorry if that was uh, a bit long-winded, but hopefully that sort of answered your question. Uh, great question. And yeah, it's funny though. I never, I don't think about that stuff very often. So no. it's, it's sort of interesting to go bang. Oh yeah, that's... That it's kind of cool to think about, isn't it? But yeah, it just sort of happens so progressively that then suddenly you go, oh shit, I'm in a very different position to where I was a couple of years ago. That's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you all, but I, there's nothing I look back and go, oh, I regret doing that. No. no, I don't really believe in regrets, to be honest. I feel like everything happens for a reason. You learn from everything. Yeah. So it's I don't, so spiritual. I don't really regret anything. I regret everything. I regret your haircut. <laughs> You're not allowed to regret other people's actions. <laughs> I regret some of my haircuts. I regret... No- oh, yeah, Dave, you should. <laughs> you should, mate. We no, do, I mean, mate. coming from you with a pink beard, Matt, come on. Yeah, I've... I've, I've I always found it... I just find it fun to... No, it's fun. It, it, no, experiment and I, with hair. Even, yeah, don't regret the haircut. You just look back and you just have to... Yeah, have a bit it looks awful. Yeah, it's like, oh, but that's just fashion and stuff. Yeah. Well. Which I was never in, but My still. hair's got a bit of a pink tinge through it at the moment um, because isolation. And I felt like it was the time. And uh, it oh, basically looks the same. I've been meaning to say, yeah, Fuck great. You. Great new Fuck hair colouring. Wow, it's yeah. pretty, pretty punk rock. You pricks. <laughs> anyway, another one? Uh, yes, this is from Edric Brannan, who's... Edric Brannan. Edric Brannan. My God, what a fantastic name. Just in case, it could be Eric. Oh, no, I don't know. I mean, they've written it themselves. I'm sure they got it right. Edric Brannan, uh, given themselves the title. How annoying would that be? No, my name is Edric. You sure you haven't misspelled your name? Sure? <laughs> but that <laughs> said, somebody did buy merch from us one time and misspelled her name. Oh. And like it was correct in the email. So I was like, okay. <laughs> 
I'll just I'll just fix that up as I send this out to you. So it's possible, I suppose. Okay. Well, but anyway, I like. Let's Edric. assume that hasn't happened for Edric. Edric Brannan, uh, giving themselves the title of senior executive of executing seniors. Oh, <laughs> very an important, important role. role. Uh, and <laughs> get given, out of your each other's heads. They've crazy. given oh, this is a nice short and sharp one by the look of it. They've given us a fact. Love a fact. And that fact is. Seals are to dogs as mermaids are to humans. <laughs> That's a fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. It's like dogs would look at seals and be like, whoa, I want to fuck that. <laughs> and we look at mermaids and go, hubba hubba. You know what I mean? Do we? <laughs> yeah, get... No, we look at the mermaids and go, how does it work? Well, yeah. <laughs> how do they pee? <laughs> Where's it come from? <laughs> do they shit? I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't mer- Quick, Matt, Google now. Does a mermaid shit? Does a mermaid shit? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, would it be a fish or human shit is the question. Probably fish, but a lot more of it. Right. It'd be human-sized, but fish-looking. Yes. What does fish shit look like? Weird. Quite stringy. Yeah. Big string. <laughs> That's actually how string's made. Mermaid shit. It's very rare. <laughs> string. That's why you can't get it. It's very expensive. <laughs> Stuff. All right. Well, that, that brings us to the other Patreon shout out section, uh, and this uh, is it the DB Cooper level or above, maybe, or d- uh, one of the levels. It's if you read, you read it there, and it'll tell you. We'll give you a shout out, but also uh, we haven't mentioned that we're now doing three bonus episodes per month. Yes. For Patreon subscribers at a certain level, and you can get three bonus episodes. One is usually like a, a random assortment, a, a quiz, or a. Some sort of game or something. Mm. And this week we did, um, it's just come out a couple of days ago, Desert Island Dave, which was, uh, I hosted a version of Desert Island Discs, the long-running BBC show where you pick your five favourite or five albums that you'd like to take with you to a deserted island, one book and one luxury item. And we played the music, we made an accompanying playlist and uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, that was great. Loved it. I love, and I love our new life together on that deserted island. Oh, it actually sounded so good, didn't it? Yeah, I'm keen. And yeah. uh, later this month, even very soon, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting out a, uh, a bonus episode, which I'll write a report on a topic and... Report to Matt and Jess. And the other thing is we are launching a brand new Patreon-only podcast, Phrasing the Bar. Mm, I'm excited about this. We go for the, the people have begged for it for years. And we said no. And they said please. And we said how dare you. We said no. <laughs> and I said please. And, and we, we said, said okay, okay. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, episode one, we'll be going through the films of Brendan Fraser in order. Mm. And... Uh, we're yeah, excited. Looking at I'm, I'm already excited for yeah. episode two. Yeah, I oh, Encino Man. Encino Man. So good. That's going to be so I good. Still can't, I can't remember what the first one is, but I look forward to... Dogfight. Oh, okay, great. I like the name. Yeah. It's got River Phoenix in it. Okay. Oh. And Brendan Fraser's got a very small role, I believe. Never going gonna... to be an old man. No, he'll never be an old man River. That's right. Are we going to be able... Like, is it such a small part that we? it's blink and you miss it? Or will we know him, do you reckon? Um, I'm actually not sure because I haven't, I haven't watched. I haven't watched ahead. Should we watch it together? Yeah, sure. Let's do that and then record immediately after it. Great. Obviously That's... not together. One point five meter. Yeah. Apart. Like we are now. Let's go get a gold class cinema. <gasps> Let's rent out a gold class cinema. I and mean, you know, my favorite part about gold class is that you can like. You can not only order food to be brought to you. I love it when things are brought to me. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. 
but you can tell them when. Mm. You can say, halfway through the movie, I'd like some spring rolls, please. And also, with those spring rolls, I'd like another cocktail. Thank Could, you. Can you be very specific? Like, every time Brad Pitt takes his shirt off, I'd like one spring roll. I don't think so. Okay. But that's... they can just bring you spring rolls and then you can administer them in that kind of frequency if you want. But I like things being brought to me when Brad Pitt's shirt is off. Yeah, I think you need an even more exclusive. Have you ever ever bought a ticket to it? It's God, no, it's always it's, been a voucher. It's, it's always a present or a prize or a something. I've okay. never bought a ticket. And have you ever price. used it except one day before the expiry? <laughs> uh, no, I have for special occasions in my uh, you know late teens, very early 20s. Um, that was the I, that was an, a night out. No, it's, I mean, I'm looking forward to... I will probably only go to the cinema once or twice a year these days. Yes. And uh, mine, James Bond. Cannot wait till oh, it finally comes yeah, out. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. I had to tell you about my... Because, um, yeah, obviously I'm not used to the gold class that much. Same to you. I sort of go... Maybe I've been two or three times. Yeah, I think this. that's about it. And the second time, I remember... The first time I did it right, I ordered a beer I ordered, and an ice cream. Actually, that sounds wrong, but... <laughs> Choc top and then a beer. Yeah. But probably the other order. I think I had a beer than a choc top. Yeah. Choc top with a tea or something. It was, I'm like, oh, it was perfect. The second time I got cocky and I ordered the curry. Oh, my God. <laughs> curry in a gold class? It's what done. are you doing? <laughs> Finger food only. It was real bad. Spring rolls, chips. Yeah. More oh, no. popcorn, please. I'm afraid that I once did nachos and I walked out, I walked out of there and I'm like, oh, God, I'm wearing the nachos. <laughs> But at least nachos, no one fucks up nachos that bad. A car, it was like, you. now that I think about it, everything's going to be microwave. So you're not only thinking about it in terms of it being an impractical food to eat while watching a movie, Which you're also impossible. saying... Which couldn't see it. Knife, any meal with a knife and fork is not smart. Terrible. And also you're saying on top of that it was very bad. It was the worst curry bad. I've ever had. And I remember <laughs> telling it, I, admit, I never really talked to anyone about it. I was just like, oh, that was... Shit, unfortunate. And then a few years later, I'm telling it. I'm, I'm uh, Kappa, our friend Kappa was talking about um, curries and having a bad one. I said, "Oh, the worst curry I ever had <laughs> was when I went to the Gold Class uh, Cinema, and it was so shit." And he just was crying with laughter, going, "You ordered a curry? A curry at Gold a, Class? What are you doing?" They would have been. He's like they would. Ne- they'd be like, "What do we do?" Nobody's <laughs> no ever ordered ever, the curry. One of them had to go to Coles and buy a frozen curry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it was so yuck. The rice was, you know, it was like old rice. You ate something with rice <laughs> in gold class. Oh, finger boy. food only. Yeah, what's the smallest food available? Rice. I'll have it. <laughs> I'll have that. Thanks. What's the messiest food about? Still rice. I'll have two. <laughs> Thank thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs> was it a film you had to concentrate on really hard? I didn't get the twist. I was having a curry during the important bit. Also, it would smell and yeah, the people it was, around it's bad you. For everyone else, like on every level, of, it's, it's the wrong sad. choice. Did you just start hearing whispers? He got a curry. He got, can you believe who this? Who the fuck gets a curry? Who got a curry? <laughs> it was. I remember the film was one of the ones with Cap Capness Eberdeen. Oh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Hunger Games. Yeah. Miss. Yeah, <laughs> you were playing the Hunger Games in there. Even <laughs> yeah, I think it was maybe a sequel, to, and I hadn't seen the one. Like it was, yeah. you hadn't even seen the first one. Something like that. I was thinking of revisiting those. I've got the books there. I want to reread them. Are they good? Yeah, I loved them at the time. I don't think I'd love them as much now. But they're just, they're just like she's very good at writing a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. Oh, so you finish a chapter and go, <gasps> and it's three a.m. and you're like, I can't read more, but I'm going to read the whole oh, thing. That's cool. 
So I enjoyed it a lot. Anyway. Uh, so we're going to thank a few patrons here. Um, and yeah, if you sign up, you get all those sorts of things. There's also a Facebook group, which has a lot of fun chats. They've started doing their own Zoom catch-ups on Saturdays. Yeah. It's fun. I dropped in on the one on Saturday. It was cool. Did you? That's nice. So I, I caught it like I, I forgot about it and I got in there an hour and a half or two hours after it started and there were only three people left. But it was, it was probably better that way. I mean, trying to talk to 20... 40 people or whatever. Oh, that would be so hard. But it was cool because there was someone in Perth, someone in Canada, and someone in England. Whoa. That's cool. Yeah. And we talked politics. Interesting. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we just got straight into uh, world politics. Anyway, um, I'd love to thank, if I may kick us off this Please. week. Please. Uh, one of our long... So, uh, during the lockdown, I've mentioned this, I went back through and ordered our, mm-hmm. our spreadsheet where we've got all our... Um, shout outs and I found all these ones we've missed because of the weird sorting system on Patreon but no no man or woman is left behind anymore Mm-mm. so uh, thank you for patiently waiting since August in 2008 from Washington DC 2008? Teen. Wow <laughs> Let my me finish God, I was pausing I don't think you and were and in the pause I was saying other words Is this our longest supporter? They (laughs) created the show. They were on board years before we began. I hadn't finished high school yet. So from Washington, D.C., Robert Benjamin Rodriguez. Ah, B.R. Oh, and Jess, you normally come with a game for us to play. Yeah, I was thinking of of naming their terrorist organisation. What do you think? Oh, fine. What did you just think of, Dave? I was thinking of their um, gold class regret, um, what they (laughs) ordered. Okay. No, 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 no. We should go for the the episode. So we had the ACT, what, the Australian... What so, well, that's interesting. We've cultural. got another cap. We've got the American capital, Washington, D.C., uh, home of the White House. So their, their organisation is also WDC, and it is the... War? War on detergent... Cloggage. Cloggage. Oh. We hate that. When detergent clogs. Cloggage. Cloggage. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've, I'm having that issue at the moment. Our dishwashing detergent is clogging. It's got homemade detergent put in like a, a bottle that doesn't. It's not used to it. So it clogs up real bad. Oh, my God. you got to call in the WDC. Yeah. Homemade detergent. <laughs> Things are getting tough. <laughs> trying to be more, it's meant to be like more environmental. Yeah, it's less great. Less packaging or whatever. But, yeah, sometimes you go, well. <laughs> Maybe I'll just is keep it the worth packaging it? going. But you've broken the dishwasher in the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rock solid. It's like <laughs> just lard splooging out. Splooging. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I really appreciate the work that Robert Benjamin Rodriguez does with the WDC. Mm, uh, important work, and uh, I salute you, Robert. I would also love to thank, from Kawasaki in Japan, Afka FA. Afka. Kawasaki. So is that where the, the motorbikes are from? It's named after a, a city. Oh, I think it's probably also a pretty popular last name, I think. Okay. It's oh. great. What a great name. Okay, so Kawasaki. what could their organization be? Any ideas, anyone? Uh, what about, uh, okay, uh, what does the FA stand for in AFCAR here? Oh, okay. We've already yep. got the, so it should be the KFA, the Kawasaki Food Alliance. Oh. oh what mm. kind of work are they doing? 
Making sure that uh, food's up to standard. And if it's not, they will commit acts of terrorism against they the will, restaurant. They will poison the food. <laughs> Much like the art people. We're going to steal this art because you're not caring about art you're enough. You're not spending enough money on art. Like this piece, you spent the most <laughs> amount of money on record. Yeah, great. Oh, Afkar, doing fantastic work. Keeping <laughs> all of our health at front of mind. Kawasaki. Um, may I thank some people also? Oh, please do. Thank you so much. I would be absolutely delighted to. Um, I would love to thank from Palm Beach Gardens. Oh, beautiful. In That's Florida. I would love to thank Sierra Scheinler. That's got to be wrong. Dave? Yeah, that looks that like Scheinler. Right to me, Sierra Scheinler. Scheinler. Looks, yeah, and Sierra, a fantastic first oh. name. SS. Put that on the list. Toot, toot. Oh, SS, what does it stand for? It's the organization. It means for, it means for, it stands for sinking ships. Oh, wow. Does oh, she work for the aviation industry? Yes, and they're trying to get rid of big boat <laughs> so they can. <laughs> I mean, you know, because so many people are choosing to boat instead of fly these days. <laughs> yeah, and for sure. And she's got to take them down. <laughs> yeah. And they do it by bashing them with SS cricket bats. <laughs> Is that a it's a it's big, big, it used to be a big cricket bat brand, SS oh. Stuart Surridge. Does that sound right? I think Surridge. so. I mean, I assume so. <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Sierra. Sierra, great work. I would also love to thank uh, from Bo Morris here in Victoria, beautiful part of the world, Bo Morris. would love to thank Peter Holberton. Oh, Pete. Pete has recently purchased some books from me. Not from me, from my housemate. Anyway. Is that true? Yeah. Was, is Pete part of the BBB? The BBB. The Bo Morris Boys Brigade? Yes, actually. I believe he is. Founding member, I believe. Founding member of the Bo Morris Boys Brigade. Oh, good on you, Peter Holberton. But what do, remind me, but what are the Bo Morris Boys Brigade? What is, what's their main beef with the world? Um, not enough boys. Oh, right. So they go around maternity wards and they threaten women who have just given birth to girls. Oh, that's good. They say, more boys, please. And ne- the woman says, I did not control this. <laughs> they say, next time a boy, make sure. Next time a boy, and she says, okay. And they go, our work here is done, boys. Yeah. And then they go out for ice cream. They go back to Bo Morris for ice cream. <laughs> hey, you, you might enjoy this uh, mistake I just made with SS. Yep. I'm pretty sure I said uh, one of the early Beatles members, Stuart. Oh. Such clips. No, you said Stuart Surridge. (laughs) What (laughs) was Serene Sports? (laughs) (laughs) What have I done? Stuart Sutcliffe. I think I've I've merged Stuart Sutcliffe, the sports commentator. Wait. Stuart Sutcliffe was the Beatles guy. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? He's the one that died. Stuart Surridge is the... Wait, Stuart Sutcliffe? Is he the one that died? Paul's friend. I mean, uh, John's friend. Yes, he's the artist from the Beatles. And then... Who, well, who's the lisping um, sports commentator, Stuart? <laughs> what, does no he com- what, what sport does he commentate? Uh, I used to be like uh, racing and uh, he used to be a wild, wide world of sports. <laughs> and I then, don't know. I've merged too many things in here that were, and gotten... I ne- I've never heard of Serene Sports Industries, but that's apparently what SS stands You for. thought it was Stuart Surridge. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> just made up Stuart Surridge. Cricket bats. So many things. Stuart Surridge. Surridge. <laughs> Is that anything? Surridge. Stuart. 
I mean, he said, I remember he said, is that right? I'm like, I, I guess I so. Don't know. <laughs> no one else has ever Stuart heard Stuart Surridge was an English first class cricketer who played for Surrey. Oh. Born in 1917. <laughs> <laughs> How do I even know yes, that? Of course, that's, I reckon that's what, what you got. You've mixed that up. I don't that know is, how that's happened. Oh, my God. What is going on? Was See? that like a past life of mine? Oh, oh no. That would have been one of my... No, I was, I was alive in 1917. Yeah, no, sorry. Stuart Surridge. Yeah, Good I, friend. I played with him. One of your opponents. Nice chap. Anyway, Dave, do you want to bring it home? Oh, thanks to Pete from the BBB. Thanks, I would like Pete. to thank now from Ontario in Canada, uh, Cecily or Cecily Thomas. Ooh. What do we think? Cecily? No, probably Cecily. Either way. Cecily. Thank you so much, CT from ON. CTON. Matt, what does the CTON stand for? CTON. Crimes. Yes. Tenacious. Yep. Wow. Orbiting. Wow. Mm-hmm. What, what's the last N. one? N. Necessities. Okay, if you can put that together into something. <laughs> I forgot what the second one was. Crime, Crimes, tenacious, tenacious orbiting, orbiting, necessity. necessity. Uh, so crimes that aren't particularly crim- All right, necessary. let's change it. Criminal tenacity. And orbiting necessity. necessity. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a band. <laughs> yeah. A, that sounds a, like... A terrorist band. <laughs> Criminal... Tenacity is orbiting necessity. necessity it's like yes. you're trying to say this to that is this to that. Yes. Yeah. Criminal tenacity, criminal to tenacity is what orbiting is to necessity. Exactly. And what do they do, Matt? Cecilia Thomas in Ontario? What's oh. the main focus? Oh, well, so, I mean, it's, it's very flowery, poetic language, but what they're saying there is, you know, um, that they keep. Uh, world governments in check they say that they are they're not they're going around the necessities but they're trying to get them to hone in on on what is important Ah. for people food Mm -hmm. shelter medical access yep uh they would say we no, no more of this orbiting let's get in there let's Open up all the necessities for all people. That sounds like a great thing. Yeah, it's cool. it's very good, but they will kill to get their way. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a little extreme. <laughs> well, I mean, sacrifices have to be made. Yes. Good on you, <laughs> Cecily. <laughs> I would finally like to thank all the way from Grange, South Australia, Paddy Harrington. Paddy Harrington. Paddy Harrington. That's fantastic a fantastic name. name. Fantastic name. Paddy Harrington. Hmm. Now, what does Paddy stand for? Ooh. People against domestic drug youth. Oh. <laughs> they have a lisp. <laughs> People against domestic <laughs> drug youth. <laughs> youth. <laughs> Stop youthing drugs. Yes, I think that's... Is there a better why? I mean, there's definitely a better why. No, no. Um, You've nailed it. Thank yeah. you. I mean, Patty, why? I would love it so much if, as a side hustle, you are a drug dealer. Um, that would make me laugh a little bit in this instance. <laughs> but you I think are. It, it works well because there's different. They've got different levels, similar to AFLW. Yeah. Australian Football League women's. Yes. <laughs> so this is the. 
People Against Domestic Drugs. Youth. Youth edition. edition. Yeah. You, yeah. So under thirties. Yeah. Then you've got the People Against Domestic Drugs. Adults. Yeah. Pada. Pada. Then you've got People Against Domestic Drugs. Generic. Gen- Octogenarians. Pados. Pado. I was going to call them generic. Geriatric. Oh, boy. Some signs that we should be getting towards wrapping up. Yeah, this it's nearly bedtime. Uh, I was I did figure out that it was Ken Sutcliffe from oh. Nine's Wide World of Sports, so I was also merging in there. A lot of elements in here. Yeah. Right, so Sutcliffe, Surridge, I mean, they're all... And it came to you so quickly. I'd, I would have... If we were on a trivia night, I would have said, I've got this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> SS Cricket Bats, yeah, yeah. Stuart Surridge. <laughs> It's <laughs> like so you couldn't be more wrong. You spent all of round two Googling why you were wrong. <laughs> Not contributing what? to the team. Yeah. But it was a cricketer. That's the wild thing. Cricketer from the, from yeah. the 1900s. Oh, uh, well, the other thing we like to do is induct some people into the Triptych Club. Dave, you've got a beautiful, succinct way of explaining this. Well, basically, people that have been supporting the show on Patreon at the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years... 36 months without a break. My goodness, these people deserve a second salute. And we want to thank them for their ongoing support. So uh, we've created the Trip Ditch Club, which is like a little exclusive hangout area, which um, we serve cocktails, we serve canapes, we have live music. It's just like, just a great place to be with like-minded friends. Yep. It is so good. And I'd love to invite a few in, but what, what are they going to enjoy this week? And everyone who's already been inducted, which Dave has listed, I think, on the website by now in gold font. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sparkly font, yep. Have you done that? At dogoonpod.com? Yeah, yeah, check it out. Great. If they can't find it, would there be, what would that be? Uh, that's, uh, they need to clear their cookies yeah, and yeah, cash Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Appreciate that. I used to work in a call centre for a website, and that was the main thing that fixed stuff. Yeah, right. Quite genuinely. People would be like, it's not loading. I'm like, have you done this? And, and I'd walk them through how to do that and then it would work. Nice. And they'd go, oh, you're so clever. And i go, yep. It must be like, <laughs> sure you am. know that feeling where you're like, um, no, nah, it hasn't worked. But anyway, I've got to go do something else anyway just because you're so embarrassed because there was such an easy solution. Yeah. You're like, um, oh, no, I did something else and now it's working. So yeah, you were no help. Yeah, I actually fixed it, so don't worry about it. Um, today in the... In the bar, bar, I'm thinking of what's in my fridge, yeah. and there's some Nippy's iced coffee. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why so was we've that got... not offered earlier, <laughs> which we figured out on this week's episode of Matt Chat, where you mm. and I uh, talked on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Matt Stewart, and we realised that Nippy's famous brand mm. must be named after nipples. <laughs> and now we're not sure how famous, we feel. Do you, do you Australian want me, milk brand? Do you want me to tell no, you? No, I don't want okay. you to ruin it for us. What? Unless you're going to ruin it by confirming it's nipples. I will not say anything then. What is it? It's a family name called yeah, the, the Nipplesteins or something. The, the Nipsel family. Nipsel. Nipsel. And they, uh, they're, they're, cause their main hustle is selling juice. Oh. Yeah, right. Nippy's juice, which is big in South Australia. And they, um, I think it started by because they, I think they grew fruit and they would started sending their kids to school with juice and then other people wanted it so they started selling it and they were like oh this is it's going to be business oh that's quite nice I've just looked it up Dave um, Stuart Nipplestein was actually a cricketer <laughs> <laughs> they are named after nipples but I'm thinking like a nippies and Bailey's cocktail oh I love, I love a milky cocktail shaken yeah, over I, I don't like always it, but I but love it, Bailey's I, I love it to drink but it 
don't think it too much about what's happening in your stomach. Yeah, it's mm. not I love good. it to drink, but I don't love it to stink. So <laughs> this is Nippy's and a Bailey's uh, cocktail, shaken over ice, served in a martini glass. Oh, um, I don't know what that means, but I love it. And then for canapes, um, uh, cheese and bickies. Oh, simple. Yum. Yeah, why stop with when you've got the best? Assorted vegetables for dipping in some hummus. This I bought a kilo of hummus. This, this week's menu at the TCB, mm-hmm. yep. uh, has been brought to you by the dairy industry. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I love dairy. Do you know what the live act that the dairy industry has paid for? Who's that? The Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, we got them back together. Ghostface killer. You're yeah. kidding. Even the dead ones we got are there. <laughs> Especially the dead yeah. ones. <laughs> That's the power of the the bar. It's beautiful, Matt. Are there any inductees this week? There are. There's quite a few. Oh, so, thank God. Um, and I think, unless I just didn't tick him off last week, uh, he should have actually gone in last week from Euless in Texas, United States. It is Martin Hernandez Jr. Martin Hernandez Jr. Welcome. Uh, I'd also love to induct from Indurapilly in Queensland, Australia, Christine Muller. Christine. Take a seat, my friend. Take your load off. You're in. Lift Chill. that velvet rope. Is you it, are is welcome. It in Drupoli? Uh, in Drupoli, is it? I think so. Great. Unless you said it right and I'm saying it wrong and she's laughing at us. Well, phonetically, it's Indorupoli. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Jersey City, New Jersey, it's Nicholas. Figura. Nicholas, I'm wow. walking in. <laughs> Nicholas Figura. Please take a seat. Nicholas Figura. Nicholas Figura. That's got worse. <laughs> from, and neither of you are even attempting to help me out I here. can't see it, so I don't know. If you see something, say something. <laughs> well, we're not seeing something. Fig, figura. Uh, from Southport in Great Britain. It's probably called Sathpa. You know how they say things wrong in England? I do. <laughs> uh, it's James Henderson. From Lowestoft in Suffolk, Great Britain, it's a double, Brian and Laura, unless Brian's surname is and Laura. And <laughs> Possible, finally, from Broken Arrow in OK, Oklahoma, I assume, All in right. the United States, Robert Cementi. Welcome in. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Try the bickies. Enjoy the Wu-Tang Chase Clan. bickies and have a nippies. Yeah. Bickies and nippies. Oh. Bickies and nippies on ice. Living the dream. Thanks so much to all of you for being supporters for three years. Legends. Amazing. Uh, and, yeah, that, that basically brings us to the end of this week's episode. What a fun time it's been. An absolute cracking time. Thanks for the local tale, Bop. We love that. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see things that I actually know. I feel Maybe I'll retain it better this time. Nah, probably not. <laughs> If you've got an idea for a, a Melbourne topic or an Aussie topic, we'd love to hear from you. Even if you've got one that's not Aussie, we'd love to hear from you. And you can suggest a topic anytime by going to dogoonpod.com. There's a little tab at the top that says submit a topic. And, uh, yeah, we'll shout out to you when we inevitably get to it. Yeah. Totally. And, yeah, um, just give us a good pitch. That's the way they stand out, uh, at least to me, mm-hmm. as I um, scroll through the hat. Yeah, give it, a, give it a... An elevator pitch. And we can, you know... That, especially if I've never heard of something before, I'm like, I don't know what that is. If there's an interesting byline. Of there like, are literally thousands of topics in there. So There's like f- over 5,000. Yeah, right. So the 
the more you, uh, yeah, some people sometimes write, just trust me, it's great. I'm like, I'd love to trust you, but, but I, yeah. I making... can't read every one of these. Because I normally, everyone I click on, I'll spend half an hour double checking yeah. that it's um, worth putting up to the vote or whatever. I mean, they're all probably worth it. But sometimes there's not enough info. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Different, yep. different reasons why. Not enough resources about it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So definitely do that and check out our YouTube channel. Or sorry, the Stupid Old channel, mm-hmm. youtube.com slash channel, uh, where our web series is going to be up for the next nine weeks and that will remain up there forever. Forever more. And yeah, hopefully, we're really hoping that people enjoy it as much as we had fun making it. And yeah. if it goes well, I dare say we'll try and make more. But yeah. basically, it has to get watched for that to happen. Totally. Yeah, well, yeah, if it... Uh, yeah, makes it um, worthwhile. Yeah, so if you enjoy it, share it. That'd, That'd be, be nice. awesome. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we also have our own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash pod, where all the, just, for the most part, it's just the, the same episodes are up there, uh, just another way to access them. But uh, there are also video episodes for some of the live ones from the past and some of the ones, I know we recorded some in hotel rooms and stuff <laughs> over the years. Mm. If you want to check those out, um, yeah, what else? You know, do go on pod pretty much is what is what we are everywhere. And, yeah, it'd be cool if you check out my new little um, YouTube show. I guess it is sort of a – it's another new member of the Do Go On Podcast family network. We're ha- happy to welcome it in. I haven't asked you to if that's okay, but um, – Happy to welcome it in. So uh, Dave and Jess have both been on it now, as well as Cass from Sans Pants and Evan Munro-Smith from Gamey Game and – Primates Pod, and I'm going to keep getting other people from around the network and, and elsewhere. So I've been having a real fun time doing I'm learning a little bit of editing techniques. You'll see how basic it is when you watch. <laughs> but it's pretty fun. It's um, great. Yes. And, yeah, get in contact with us on email if you've got any thoughts about anything at all. Jess would love to hear from you. Uh, do go on You get a lot of spam lately, so I would love a genuine email, yeah. You know, it oh. used to be overwhelming. Now I'm like, oh, it's just all spam I can delete again. I am... Um, I, my stupid old email, I realized that it, I went, someone said, I've emailed you something. And I went in and I said, I haven't got an email for nine days. And uh, I spoke to Evan. He's like, oh yeah, we've changed hosts. I messaged you about it. You need to access it somewhere else. So I'm just like, I haven't even noticed that my email's been off for nine days. (laughs) So yeah. Um, Anyway, send Jess an email. (laughs) Yeah, do that. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Do Go On. We'll be back next week. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.